You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Hey everybody, this week's intro is going to be short and sweet. It is my birthday this weekend and I am headed out of town. I'm headed up a mountain actually where I'm planning to contemplate my own mortality and yours too, of course, because I'm always thinking about you guys. But before I head for the hills, did you ever read something and feel so seen? Trash Jones, full-time music producer, part-time idiot, that's what it says in her bio, recently posted something to social media, well, to a social media site I will not name that kicked off a million think pieces. Tired of the age gap discourse, Jones wrote. Now let's do vibes gap discourse, where one person and a couple lights up a room and the other is basically a sim. (sighs) I gasped. I am the sim. I assume that's a reference to the video game, The Sims, where people who inhabit that virtual world mill around, not saying much, just kind of taking up space. I am the sim in what can best be described as a kind of complicated web of the kind of age gap relationships that drive the age gap discourse kids crazy. I'm seven years older than my husband. Some argue that if your partner is more than five years younger than you are, you're basically a pedophile. And if those people aren't happy about my husband, just wait till they get a load of my boyfriend. I'm not going to put a number on our age gap as that would require subtracting a larger number from a smaller number and math class is tough. And when I attempt math on this show, I always fuck it up. So not going to give you a number. Just going to say if the age gap in our relationship were a person, it could legally buy you a drink. But however wide the age gaps in my relationships might be, the vibes gaps are wider. Terry is outgoing. Sometimes he goes out in his underpants. He lights up rooms. Me, I won't even come downstairs to the kitchen in my underpants. I do not light up rooms. I am a human dimmer switch. My boyfriend, also outgoing, lights up rooms, sometimes goes out in his underpants. Terry has his own boyfriend who goes out with Terry in his underpants, and if their age gap were a person, it could get the next round of drinks for us. Anyway, like trash, I am so tired, so very tired, y'all, of the age gap discourse which suggests there's something wrong with my relationships when there isn't anything wrong with them. Or that's not what's wrong with them. No relationship is perfect. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with your age gap relationship. If you're in one, there could be something wrong with yours. There certainly were things wrong with Russell Brand's age gap relationships. But if the vibes gap discourse that Trash Jones got started can shut the age gap discourse down, even just for a little bit, just for this weekend, when I'm away with my boyfriend, I would be so delighted because all the vibes gap discourse suggests is that I'm not wanted at the underwear party I didn't want to go to in the first place, which means I can stay home, which is all I've ever wanted. So I would like to welcome the vibes gap discourse to the chat. And I'd like to thank Trash Jones again for getting it started. Best birthday present ever. Oh, and incidentally, one of the places my outgoing husband and his outgoing boyfriend go out to, Taylor Swift Night, here at a club in Seattle. So, angry Swifties, I wasn't lying last week when I said I like Taylor Swift at the top of the show, but I clearly should have checked with someone who listens to Swift's music before making the observation, and it's not an original observation, 
that Swift doesn't seem to realize she's the common denominator in a lot of failed relationships. A listener who prefers to remain anonymous reached out to me via Instagram to say, as a Swifty, I'd like to offer a rebuttal. She's aware most of her music now is about her own personal journey and growth to the point where her song, Antihero, includes the lyrics, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. So my apologies to all the Swifties out there who were offended. I should have run my comments about Swift past an actual Swifty or two before recording them. And seeing as I live with an actual Swifty or two, there's really no excuse for why I didn't. I'm the problem. As someone or other once said, it's me. All right, Magnum Sub, Savage Love Live is this Thursday, October 12th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Savage Love Live is a live Zoom show where I hang out with Nancy and the tech savvy at risk youth and we answer your questions live. It's exclusively for Magnum Subs. If you are sub curious, if you want sex and politics, struggle session, the Magnum Lovecast, the longer Savage Love, you can experiment with being my sub for just eight bucks right now at savage.love slash subscribe. And coming up on the show today on the Micro Savage Lovecast, tons of your cues, lots of my A's, and on the Magnum Savage Lovecast that you could access to by subscribing to Savage Love at savage.love, actor, author, comedian, and podcaster Brian Safi joins me. Is getting your dick slapped a normal thing that people with dicks enjoy during sex? Do young people, young queer people, have a sense of humor anymore? And are straight white men who engage in consensual power play actually secretly misogynistic white supremacists? Brian Sappy joins me to tackle all three of those questions on today's show, which is coming up right now. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Foria. Foria crafts 100% all-natural sexual wellness products so you can experience deeper intimacy and transcendent moments of sexual pleasure solo or with your partner or partners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash savage. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash savage. This episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep, the best mattress for your individualized comfort. Right now, my listeners get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. I'm a middle-aged single mom, and I hate porn. I don't want to hate porn. I've done sex work, but I hate the way that porn exists now. As a mother of girls, I don't know how to understand all of the step porn that is on the homepage of the major porn sites out there. And I don't know how to date without feeling like this is what men are consuming and that men are fantasizing about sexual relations with deaf children. This is deeply disturbing to me, not to mention just how bad porn is in terms of what it shows men about sex. And, you know, you wonder why so many women don't like having sex with men because they're just bad at it because of porn. They think that cunnilingus is this done with a tongue and a mouth that's two inches away from the clitoris and that men can be overweight and not have a face at all. Well, to gorgeous, perfectly plastic surgeon women uh, worship their dick. Or I don't have the time and energy to uh, find good porn. Um, and I don't really care because I don't need it to get off. But I just wish that trained bisexual men would not consume porn such as it is. And I would call for a boycott. There's porn out there that features men who do not have a face at all. Ew, I would not watch that porn. I like my men to have faces. I also don't like 
stepkid, stepdaughter, stepson porn. I would not watch that kind of porn. Not all men watch that kind of porn. And not all women don't watch that kind of porn. Stats around pornography consumption are notoriously iffy. People lie about their porn consumption. People have a bias about porn consumption. There are people out there doing the research who are a little pro-sex. Maybe they're putting their thumb on their scales to normalize porn consumption. There's a lot of people out there who are anti-sex, anti-porn, who are doing quote-unquote research into porn consumption. They have their thumb and all four of their fingers and the palm of their hand on the scale at times. And their data may underrepresent the numbers of women who actually watch pornography. But 40, 50, 60, 70, 80% of women regularly view online pornography, depending on which study you believe. And Pornhub breaks down what it is women are watching. And yeah, men watch a lot of fucked up pornography. And pornography is not sex education. Pornography can really warp someone's expectations about what partnered sex is going to be like, what it's going to look like, what it's going to include, what is or isn't pleasurable for a male or female partner. But when you break down what women are watching, somehow Pornhub knows who's watching, whether they're male or female. I don't want to think too much about how they gather that particular data. But what are women watching? They break it down by state. In Michigan, women watch the most searched and viewed category among the women on Pornhub, pissing, Illinois, feet, Indiana, small tits, Ohio feet, Pennsylvania, bondage, Delaware, cuckold, Washington State, fetish. There's a lot of women out there who are watching a lot of fucked up porn. And there are some men out there who aren't watching any porn at all. Often when a woman calls to complain about a boyfriend or husband watching porn, I tell them that all men watch porn. Considerate men, if they have partners, male or female, don't like them watching porn, don't want to be reminded that their partners watch porn, do a good job of covering their tracks for which they deserve credit, I think. When I say all men watch porn, I get a lot of angry calls and emails from men who insist that they do not watch porn. You can find those guys. I somehow manage to find those guys every time I open my mouth about this topic. Seems to me that you should be able to find one of those guys. Now, just because somebody doesn't watch porn doesn't mean somebody is free of sexual fantasies or interests or desires, transgressive fantasies that you would find uh, offensive morally appalling. Well, you know, in a way, having all this data about who watches porn and what kind of porn people are watching, it, it gives us a window into our collective erotic imagination, a window that maybe we don't want to look through. Maybe we don't want to look inside what's on the other side of that window. And as with the collective erotic imagination, so perhaps with an individual's erotic imagination, so if you date a guy, he may have a transgressive fantasy or two. He may know not to share those with you. He may not have any interest in acting on those sexual fantasies. Whenever people who consume incest porn are 
polled, written about, interviewed, they say they would never actually want to do anything like this in real life. But there's something about the fantasy, the Marsha and Greg Brady of it all, how transgressive it is in the abstract that appeals to them, not the specific, not about their own kids or their partner's kids. It's about the transgression. So you can find a guy who doesn't watch porn and then, yeah, peering through that window into the collective erotic subconscious of everyone on earth, knowing that there's so many guys out there watching porn that you find offensive, has unnerved and troubled you. So if you have an individual guy as your partner, don't try to open that window into his erotic subconscious. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Euphoria, makers of products for amazing sex, the kind of sex you want to have. Products including arousal oil, clean lube, bath salts, and suppositories. People are literally saying things like this about Euphoria's products. This is a quote. I had a three-minute orgasm and then a five-minute orgasm and felt like I was surfing in a perpetual wave pool of pleasure. And another quote, we use Awaken, and when she gets on top, we both come so hard that we see sounds and hear colors. And it doesn't hurt when GQ calls you the best sex product of the year, and Shape says you are the best invention since the vibrator. Now, this is a little personal, but Terry and I tried the suppository and leave it to Foria to make suppositories sexy. They did it. I'm not sure what they put in there. I know there's CBD at least, but they have some serious love potion energy. So yeah, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting www.foriawellness.com slash savage or use the code savage at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash savage for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. Hello, Dan and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. I'm a 41-year-old man from the East Coast, and I'm calling because my mother, who has dementia, is trying to out my closeted Irish Catholic father. My parents are now in their late 70s. They've been together for over 50 years at this point. Their marriage has been rocky, to say the least, but for some reason they, they've stayed together. My mother, about three years ago, was diagnosed with dementia, and my father is her primary caregiver. The dementia is frustrating for her. She knows that she's forgetting things. It's not the happy kind of dementia where you're just blissfully ignorant of things, but she tries to recall words for things or memories, and she, she can't, and it makes her very frustrated. And she takes it out on my father. My father is either bisexual or a closeted gay man. My brother and I have known since we were children. It's, it's very obvious to us, but he is devoutly Irish Catholic and has never officially come out. My mom obviously at this point knows about it 
And I feel like she has known for for quite some time, and and they've they've stayed together despite it. Lately, it's been manifesting itself as her trying to shame him for his sexuality to my brother and I. Most recently, they got into an argument because he corrected her. She was trying to come up with the word for something, and he corrected her too quickly. And she pointed at him and said, shut up, Freddie Mercury, meaning uh, alluding to the the rock star's sexuality. And you could tell my dad was very embarrassed and did not want to engage in it. I tried to change the subject and short, left shortly there, thereafter after things had appeared to cool down. But I could tell that it really affected my father. I just, I don't know what to do at this point. I've known about my father's sexuality for years, but he doesn't want to tell my brother and I. He does not want us to know. And that's fine. It, in the best possible way, it does not matter to me. He's my father regardless. And I also care for my mother, who's going through this awful disease. But I don't know what to do. Do I approach my father and tell him I know and that it doesn't matter to me and that what she's doing is unfair? Do I scold my mother with dementia, who probably won't remember the conversation that we had and it will happen all over again. Do I try do I cut her off, which doesn't that doesn't seem right either because she's not well. Um, or do I do nothing, which is what I've been doing and pretend like I don't know what she's referring to or, or I, I just don't know what to do. You don't know what to do because there's really nothing you can do. I feel so bad for your dad. I also feel really bad for your mom. Obviously, there's a lot of hurt there that prior to dementia coming on, your mom was able to stuff down, at least in front of you and your brother. And now, because of the dementia, the disinhibiting effects emotionally of dementia, she's not able to stuff that hurt and anger down anymore. I understand why your dad may have been closeted all his life. Irish Catholic, I'm Irish Catholic, that can put a massive zap on your head. There was a time when I was a kid that I contemplated never being able to come out, never being able to tell my family, which meant two things. I was going to have to be a priest, which I thought about seriously, or I was going to have to find some woman I could tolerate or even like, but never truly love and trick her into marrying me. And that, even when I was 15 years old, 16 years old, and I briefly thought about that, I, I couldn't do it. it. It felt like such an emotionally violent act. You know, a marriage of convenience, a marriage because both people are religious in, in a particular way and they feel that they have to do this to please their families or please their God, that can be a perfectly valid, companionate form of marriage. But if one person misrepresents themselves to another person and convinces that person, lies to that person, romances that person, leads them to believe that they are romantically and sexually attracted to them and then marries them 
and as is often the case in marriages like your parents, allows the heterosexual spouse to think for years, that to, to, to know really, they know something's wrong with their marriage, they know something's missing, and they feel like if they can work on it, they can fix it or solve it, and it is unsolvable. Or they feel like it's them, that they're doing something wrong, and that if they can fix themselves, they will repair their marriage. And to find out 10, 20, 30 years into a marriage that that was a fool's errand that you were sent on by the person, the one person in your life who promised to love you all your life in a particular way, your mom's sense of betrayal and the anger that is surfacing because of her dementia. I get it. I feel bad for your dad though. What I would advise you to do is feign obtuseness, play along. Really, when someone has dementia, the mistake your dad is making, if it's setting your mom off to be corrected, is correcting her. You know, there's people with dementia in my family, and what we've been advised to do is, you know, if we get it, you know, if they repeat a story, don't tell them they're repeating a story, just let them repeat the story. If they ask you the same question again, don't tell them that they already asked you and you've already answered. Just answer the same fucking question again. How hard is that? And if I would tell you to tell your dad, I am telling you to tell your dad, you know, mom was mad. She couldn't find the word or she used the wrong word and you jumped in. Just let her, if she uses the wrong word and we all understand her by context clues, just like let it go. We understood what she meant. We don't have to correct her word choice. And then when your mom says shitty things to you and your brother about in front of your dad to humiliate him or to punish him for the humiliation that she felt for 30 odd, 40 odd years, don't take it in. Pretend that you don't understand. Give your mother the gift of listening to her, being there, and encouraging your father to find out more and, and, and get some coaching or advice from a dementia specialist to make things easier between him and your mother. And do your dad the favor of just continuing to let him think that you don't know what you know and to let him think that you don't see what you see or that you don't understand what your mother means when she is so cruel to him as to attempt to out him in front of you, out him to his kids because she is angry, not just about the dementia, which is frustrating for the person who suffers from it, but angry about what your father did to her if a companionate marriage wasn't a choice that she made. If a loveless, a loving but romantically, sexually loveless companionate marriage wasn't a choice she made, would have made, or didn't think she was making when she married your father. It's funny how my two favorite things to do at home are kind of polar opposites. I'm talking about sleep and sex. Both go down on my Helix sleep mattress. And do you want to know why me and my husband and his boyfriend and my boyfriend all rave about our Helix sleep and other stuff mattresses? 
The Helix Sleep lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, that's ours, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. To find out which mattress is right for you, take the Helix Sleep quiz to find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and your personalized mattress will be shipped straight to your door free of charge. And with their 100-night sleep trial, you can try out your new mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit for you, you are welcome to return that mattress for a full refund. They offer models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, and models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design that's a combo of individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. And again, they offer a 100-night trial to try out your new Helix mattress and a 10 to 15-year warranty on your Helix mattress. Right now, Helix is also offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash savage. Let them know the Lovecast sent you, helixsleep.com slash savage. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Dan. I'm a straight cis woman, 40 years old, and it appears that I am being ghosted and that I've attached my heart to a commitment phobe, and now it's being broken. This just really caught me off guard, though. We've been dating for three months, and we've gotten along really well. We got really close. We had a great physical connection. Ever since we started having sex, we would always have sex every time we saw each other. And we seemed to both really like each other. I started having feelings. And so three months in, I did broach the topic with him, and this was about a week ago. I didn't say I was falling in love with him or anything. I just said, hey, I really enjoy spending time with you, and I care about you. I should mention at this point that he believes that he is a little bit on the spectrum, undiagnosed, but he does seem to struggle a bit with verbal communication, especially about his feelings. So when I said that, he just kind of shut down, but he was holding me and squeezing me really tight, and it just kind of seemed like he was panicking a little bit, like he was breathing heavy and just like squeezing me and squeezing me, but not saying anything. So I was like, all right, let me just straight up ask him. I was like, do you consider me to be a fuck buddy? And he said, no. I said, okay, well, do you? consider me to be your girlfriend? Not quite. (laughs) And when I asked why, he said that he just doesn't know me well enough. But he said he wanted to continue to get to know me. So I accepted this, and he just squeezed the shit out of me for the rest of the night. I stayed over, and the next morning we had some really intense sex and had a fun afternoon out. And when I left, he said he wanted to come down and see me the next day. And that night, he posted a picture of me on his stories for the first time and tagged it. And (laughs) it's kind of a dumb millennial thing, but it just felt meaningful because he'd never done that before. And 
it seemed like a little step in the right direction, you know, and I haven't seen him since. (laughs) It's just bizarre. He has texted me twice, but it didn't really answer anything and didn't really talk about anything. And he's just, it's been almost a week. He's just gone. Like, uh, it's so weird. He watches all my stories and he's posting things and blatantly ignoring me. And so I sent him one last text on Friday, which was three days ago. And I said, are you ever planning on talking to me again? You know, I can't just like leave things up in the air like this. And if I don't hear from you in the next day, I'm going to assume you're ghosting me, which is really lame. But I miss you and I hope I hear from you. And if I don't hear from you in the next day, you're, I guess I'm moving on. And he didn't. So I guess I have to move on. But what the fuck? What the fuck just happened, Dan? I'm really sorry. This fucking sucks. It sucks to really feel like you've met someone that you click with, that the sex is good, that you like them as a person. And then for them to decide three months in, right after you tell them that you like spending time with them, to run, to head for the hills because they have commitment issues or just because they're a bullshit person, someone who's self-diagnosed as being undiagnosed somewhere or other on the spectrum, which is not an excuse for treating people this way. I know some people on the spectrum who are hyper considerate of other people's feelings, not inconsiderate of other people's feelings. I think I might be on the spectrum. I think I might be undiagnosed somewhere on the spectrum is not a get out of acting like a human being free card. And this guy isn't acting like, I'm sorry, people who ghost aren't acting like decent, loving human beings that you would want to be in a relationship with. That's the paradox at the heart of this. If he's capable of doing this to you after three months, then that person that you thought you liked, that you kind of enjoyed spending time with, wasn't who he really is. So you didn't like this person. You didn't like the person he turned out to actually be. You liked the fake version of him that he was fronting and could only keep up for the fucking 12 weeks that you guys were dating. And now he's exited your life in the shittiest way. This kind of ghosting, this kind of turning it off, turning your back, pretending someone that you've been having sex with and hanging out with, spending a lot of time with doesn't exist or doesn't have feelings that you have to take into consideration. Even as you're ending the relationship, if you're ending the relationship, there's a way to do that. There's a way to say things that people don't want to hear with some kindness, compassion, empathy, and he didn't fucking do it. And so what do you do? Well, you move on. What else can you do? You can't kidnap him and hold him captive in a secret room in your basement. You're going to have to move on. And because of the way this ended, you're going to be a little flinchier in your next relationship. He did not leave you in better shape than he found you because of the way he chose to end this relationship, because of the really shitty way after you told him that you liked spending time with him and he had that night what he knew was breakup sex with you, but you did not know that until a week later. That was really shitty. And so what you know now is that a shitty person exited your life in the shittiest possible way. You got treated like shit, 
That sucks. A shitty person exited your life. There's some upside there. When you turn that over and look at it from another angle, if this is who he is, if he's not just having some sort of panic attack and isn't going to, I don't want to torture you with possibilities or encourage you to live in hope. If he's not just having some sort of panic attack and is going to circle back to you in two weeks and make a massive apology and offer some credible explanation for his very shitty behavior, he did you a favor. A shitty person who was good at pretending to be the kind of person who seemed not to be so shitty, who seemed to be the kind of person you might want to see yourself with or could see yourself with, revealed himself to be a shitty person, and now he is out of your life and has created some space in your life. Fingers crossed for a better person. Hey, Dan, 28-year-old fan from the Northeast here. Uh, I recently joined Hinge because I'm looking for a real relationship instead of just hookups as usual. And I found a guy that seemed great, very much my type, hit it off immediately. We planned a date pretty quickly at a nice place in his area. And the night of, he was like, oh, actually, would you just want to meet at my house? And I've had this happen on hookup sites before, but never on, like, a site with more serious <laughs> pretense of, yes, I'm looking for a long-term and or monogamous relationship. Is this a strategy, or am I just very upset that I got my makeup done all for nothing? If it's a strategy, it's a bad one. You didn't show up at his place, I assume. You say you got your makeup done all for nothing. I'm going to assume that means you didn't get to go out on a date at a nice place in his area, but you also didn't show up at his apartment in your nice outfit with your nice makeup on. So if this was his strategy to get you over to his place by conning you into thinking he was going to take you out to a nice restaurant, it didn't work. You didn't let it work. You stuck to your guns. You canceled on him. Good for you. I don't know if this is something that a lot of straight guys are doing, jumping off Tinder, getting on Hinge, misrepresenting themselves as guys who are interested in long-term, potentially long-term, committed, potentially monogamous relationships, and then trying to, I guess not upgrade, downgrade that to the kind of instant hookup that people typically are looking for on sleazier dating apps or hookup apps like Tinder. Yeah. I don't know if guys are doing that. You're the first person I've heard from with this story, this kind of story about hinge, but let word go out. If this is a strategy, at least in your case, in a hundred percent of the cases that we have heard about here on the Savage Lovecast, it was an unsuccessful strategy. If you're looking for a hookup, you're looking for instant, nearly anonymous sex, stick to Tinder. You're looking for love and you want somebody to get all made up, get on hinge, but then show the fuck up at the restaurant. Don't invite that person over to your house instead at the last minute because it's not going to work. Hey, it's Nancy. Before we get to listener comments from last week's show, I want to tell you what's on the Magnum this week real quick. There's a question from a man who kind of broke his dick during sex. He bent it real bad, you guys. His urologist told him to sit tight and it'll heal, but will it? 
We all hope so. Our guest this week is Brian Safi, actor, writer, podcaster, and a generally delightful, funny, brilliant dude. I've enjoyed his podcast for a long time, and he and Dan are kind of peas in a pod. Also this week for Magnum Subs, we have a new Sex and Politics show coming out on Thursday. Sex and Politics is an extra just for Magnum Subs. This week, Dan speaks with Leo Herrera about some very edgy stuff going down in Gayland at International Mr. Leather and the Folsom Street Fair. So it's a deep homo convo this week. If you're intrigued, you can try the Magnum for a month for just eight bucks. Give it as a gift. Join us, won't you? Become one of Dan's subs at savage.love. And thanks for listening. All right. Before we get to this week's listener response calls, I want to share a couple of comments. No tweets, just a couple of comments left on last week's show at savage.love. Says inspired desires. In regards to the swinger woman at the party with the aggressive bull who made her male partners feel uncomfortable, I think Dan covered most of it pretty well. I just want to add, if you aren't able to speak up when you don't like something or something is uncomfortable for you, then you cannot safely play at a public sex party. Same goes for any sort of BDSM situation. It's not safe for your partners and it's not safe for you and it is not fair to anyone. Says PNWLG, thank you, Dan, for the discussion on DoxyPep with Dr. Oliver. I participated in one of the Seattle studies for the protocol and can vouch for their benefits as post-sex protection. Like getting on PrEP, DoxyPep greatly helped reduce my anxiety about developing an STI, but more importantly, DoxyPep helps me protect my partners and hookups by greatly reducing the chances that I may be an asymptomatic carrier. And finally, says Cloud Whisperer, regarding your opening comments, Dan Taylor Swift has realized that she is the common denominator in her relationships, even released the song Anti-Hero that has the line, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. Additionally, Dan, right-wingers are pissed about Travis Kelsey because he is in a TV commercial promoting getting your flu vaccine and updated COVID booster this fall. Also, he was in a Bud Light commercial. All right, I already took my lumps in the intro about not being up to date on Taylor Swift's emotional journey and the progress she's made and the insights that she's had. I will be locked in a room for the next three days listening to Taylor Swift's most recent three albums on Layla's advice as punishment, and I promise not to make that mistake again. Next time I mention Swift, I will run my comments past a Swifty or two. All right, for more listener comments and more of my responses, check out Struggle Session, posted on Thursdays at savage.love, where I respond to comments, emails, and DMs from my listeners and my readers. It's another perk for Magnum Subs. For all the perks, become my sub today at savage.love slash subscribe. Hey, Dan. Calling about the show on October 3rd, a trans guy who is getting into kind of BDSM and rougher stuff and was asking about non-aftercare. And I wanted to just share a small story. I had a good friend who we decided to do a scene together at a party. And one of the things she told me is so much of what she likes in public is kind of opposite what she likes in her personal life. And so one thing she told me is she was like, you know, after the scene, I'm probably going to hate you and I'm just going to walk away. And of course, that's in the whole negotiate, negotiate, communicate, communicate. And so I was prepared for that. And when we halted the scene, she kind of, you know, kind of collapsed on me and we hugged. And then maybe after 30, 45 seconds, I could feel that 
since. And I was like, are you starting to hate me? And she was like, yeah, I'm going to go now. And while I would have preferred uh, that kind of uh, longer period, you know, that's what she needed. And, uh, you know, after about a half an hour, 45 minutes, she came and found me at the party and everything was great. And so it's, again, negotiate, negotiate, communicate. This guy can have what he wants uh, and enjoy the hell out of it. Hi, this is a response call, kind of in response to a response. The question aired on episode 83 from the woman asking about her husband's family and Thanksgiving dinner. And I just cannot believe how this woman is getting dragged. No, no, no. She said very clearly, Thanksgiving is for her family. Christmas is for his family. They've had it separated like that for 13 years. These two families probably have different vibes. One likes to have the TV on. They might like to be rowdy, whatever. The other family wants something different. It should be very easy to keep these holidays separate. That's a completely normal and legitimate way to divide family holidays. And realistically, this poor woman is probably responsible for a huge brunt of the work that goes into these meals. She deserves to be able to have her holiday with her family roughly the way she would like it to be. So, ladies, stand up for yourself. Don't listen to Dan. Don't listen to these other callers that think you're nuts. I'm totally in your camp. Hi, Dan and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. This is for the cisgendered man who likes to wear clothing typically associated with women. Go for it, man. Please do. The conversation around gender's presentation has become so normative, even among very liberal people. There are people who can be transgender norms without being transgender. Show the complexity of this world. Be yourself. And we're going to leave it there. Got a question for next week's Lovecast or something to say about something I said on this week's Lovecast? Go to savage.love slash askdan right now while that question is fresh in your mind and record your question or comment for us. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone and email your question or comment to q at savage.love or you can leave us a message at 206-302-2064. The deadline for submitting a film for Hump 2024, my dirty little film festival that tours the nation, is just a couple of months away, making now a great time to get to work on your Hump film. You don't have to pay to enter your five-minute or less film in Hump, and if the film makes it into the festival, you get paid. All the details you need are at humpfilmfest.com slash submit. Follow me on Instagram and threads at Dan Savage. Follow me on Blue Sky at Dan Savage. Follow Brian Safi on Instagram at Brian Safi. He spells Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and Safi, S-A-F-I. You can also check out his website, briansafi.com. Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian. And me and Nancy and the tech-savvy at-risk youth, we will all be back at you next week with an all-new Savage Lovecast. Thank you for downloading.